0: excited uh, to have you on. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, this is my first Twitter space. So I'm also very excited of how, how it goes.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. This is a, this is a pretty casual space. So <laughs> you I'm sure you'll do great. Uh, really, we, we have a really, really friendly community here. Oh, I see supers join us as well. Let's go. Everyone's here. Um, so man I always like to start off and ask like how'd you get into
1: crypto man how'd you get into the crypto space mm-hmm. so uh, let's go back in time so it was like 2010 and bitcoin was a year old I was I was studying my engineering back in India at the time and I was just you know sitting in canteen, and some of my nerdy friends uh, talked about this universal digital currency you know and they wouldn't stop and I was like cool. Uh, tell me about it. What's it? And as a prank, what we did was we started this fun project of mining Bitcoin using and rigging the university network. You know, uh, <laughs> Of course, uh, unfortunately, we did not know that it's going to get this this big. So we don't have the ones that we mined or that we could mine. Uh, but yeah, this is where I, I started uh, at least like my first introduction to crypto uh, in 2010. I was a bit naive and yeah, didn't know. Uh, better. So it just went away. But late 2016, when I got uh, very professional, got very serious about things, the world, I kind of started understanding the use cases around crypto. And, you know, I thought, you know, the best way for me to learn is to put uh, money where my mouth is. So I started investing and reading white papers, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. At that time, there was also a lot of colored coins as well. Uh, and this is this is how I, I got into crypto and then I think uh, uh, I continued uh, networking around the people uh, who are working on crypto and then I in 2008 I I thought okay now probably it's a good time for me to, uh, to work on a crypto project you know either start a new or join a project and that's where I met uh, you know uh, Khalid who was uh, uh, who was who was uh, working with Ocean, and that's how got you know I I understood the use case and I was I, I actually, uh, I actually like uh, recognized and I actually aligned myself to the values of what Ocean provided because I also had worked with the data related uh, corporations and I knew you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of issues with the current system of data that's going on and yeah that's when I decided okay. Cool. this is something that i want to do
0: No, oh, that's that's awesome man do you ever think about the the bitcoin that you mined <laughs> it never got to capitalize on yeah
1: that hurts a bit you know <laughs> but <laughs> but but believe me i mean i'm i'm, I'm, I'm i think I, I might have not that much regret as the bitcoin pizza guy right so <laughs> i still i still am in a better shape i guess i don't i don't uh, feel that bad but I think I'm. It's good. I mean, all turned out well. I am actually at the epicenter of cryptocurrency and crypto ecosystem, surrounded by amazing people, amazing projects, and doing something really good, uh, providing value. So yeah, no regrets.
2: Hey, hey man. What
1: around what
2: year um, did you make that shift over? Because I feel like um, even till this day, a lot of people when they think of crypto, they only see that currency aspect. But it sounds like you from kind of a very early point on you saw the uh, the value prop of cryptocurrencies as a more holistic approach to problem solving
1: this was around 2016 right when ethereum ethereum basically launched a white paper I think in like 2015 and then a lot of people started picking up uh, ethereum and you know uh, they started like uh, launching their icos so uh, yeah, at at the actually at the at the beginning of the ico boom i would say yeah and of course i invested in 2016 and of course i was for long term so i did not sell and 2017 you know <laughs> the winter started so yeah i survived the winter he's a survivor he's a survivor i mean
0: those winners are survivor. really uh, great they're really great for clearing house and you now they're, they're great for removing people that don't actually believe in crypto, I don't understand crypto. I think uh, a lot of people join, they're just looking to gamble essentially. They don't even, they don't even know what they're buying. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Um, so I think a really good uh, place to start off would be like, what is Ocean and kind of what is the purse, the purpose of the Ocean token for those that are new to crypto
1: and don't even know, you know, what, what Ocean is about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's take a step back and try to understand uh, the data world and you know what's happening there so every at, at totally right now if you see there are like five zeta uh, zeta bytes of data that's like uh, around like five trillion gigabytes of data lying around yeah and only 0.000001 percent of the data set is being used Efficiently or being traded in, you know, exchanging the hands, right? Uh, we have been all talking about AI and you know how artificial intelligence could help the world, change the world, but AI needs a lot of data, a gazillion tons of data to actually be really effective, right? Not I'm not talking about just like a, a, an AI or ML algorithm that can just you know uh, do some Photoshop or let's say some you know. Uh, correct some auto-correction of the text, but something really where it can help with uh, medical applications, you know, cure cancer, for example. Uh, It needs a lot of data, but the problem is there is data and there are people smart enough to implement the AI algorithms. Then what's the problem? The problem is there are lots and lots of laws surrounding the data, yeah? Uh, GDPR, CCPA, Uh, also uh, the data that is valuable is private data i mean public data is open in the world and you know it, you can download it from google or anywhere else and because it's used already to train the algorithms uh, you can't use it infinitely it's just you know it doesn't give you that much value so the private data is where the value is and when i talk about private data it's my credit card reports my credit history your your bank account details for example your health your 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 you know your health uh, health status your health reports And of course, myself and you will not be able to, uh, you will not be comfortable selling this to someone because you don't know how it is going to be used, right? It can be harmful to you and your family as well, right? People can take advantage of it. So keeping all this in mind, uh, we Ocean Protocol Team initiated this protocol to allow people to exchange and sell or monetize their private data without worrying about that privacy being compromised yeah and blockchain actually allows you to do that to permissionlessly exchange this you know uh, the data sets uh, and comp- combine that with the technology developed by ocean protocol we can ensure that the data and the privacy of the data being exchanged uh, is safe and secure yeah so what happens is You as a data provider or as a data user can get the benefit of the data, can make money on your data, right? can train your algorithms uh, without the data being compromised. Uh, So what we are hoping is this technology will change the data game forever and it will help this AI, it will help uh, this institution to exchange data or to swap the data in an efficient manner. Without compromising each other's privacy.
0: Yeah, this this is huge, man. I mean, this is this is definitely where where the industry is going. Uh, we're already starting to see browsers, for example, uh, remove cookies and uh, give back ownership right of data uh, to the user. And I think that this this protocol is essential uh, to where you know digital media, a, for example, is is moving as an entire industry so this is super 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 exciting
1: yeah on the also on the commercial front if you see uh, there has been a lot of a lot of issues with Facebook right uh, with with the user data being compromised and you know this also like affecting this you a know, global scale uh, if you consider the presidential election uh, in t- 2016 yeah so it's not only your uh, you that is affected directly or indirectly with someone's data, but it's also at a macro level, right? So the data privacy and data, uh, you know, uh, the 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 data provenance is very very important.
2: Man, you uh, you touch on an interesting point. This is just kind of like a very hypothetical question. Um, you you kind of touch on the promise of AI and the need for massive uh, consumption of data. In your eyes, in the future, do you kind of look at? Uh, AI being a publicly owned good to where um, whatever service or value that an AI is creating, it will be kind of like set um, on a protocol and will be owned by the shareholder, like collectively
1: of people around the world? Ideally, it should have happened by now, you know. Uh, But earlier there was no technology like blockchain, which allowed to do that permissionlessly and also to allow uh the community governments uh, governance on what you know what goes and what not right uh if you if you look at the last decade all the all the power all, all the power of decision making and you know all this smartest uh, talent was being uh, hired by these this big corporations like google and facebook but now that shift is changing right uh, people are leaving these big corporations and and starting crypto startups to to actually do public good right And yeah, I I see in very near future that someone will build, and hopefully using Ocean, uh, a massive AI library where you, each user can basically, you know, uh, put your data to to be trained and in return you get rewards, right? Something like uh, AI farming, for example. Yeah, in return, the team or whoever is building that algorithm library gets to train their algorithm with the user data. So it's kind of a win-win and it's it's in public domain
3: did that answer your question chase yeah um patel i'm just curious what are data tokens
1: oh cool uh so uh simply speaking data tokens are smart erc20 tokens yeah uh so uh with data token what ocean protocol is trying to do is to become an on-ramp and off-ramp of data sets uh, now if you see ethereum ecosystem like everything or let's say the, uh, arc20 token is a fundamental unit of exchange right i mean you take example of our compound lending protocols uh, exchanges daxs uh, everything kind of works on erc20 and of course now erc721 which is nfts are picking up but until now, ERC-20 was the game. So to, how can you easily onboard data sets and put it into DeFi? It's simple. Take the data set, tokenize, tokenize the access into an ERC-20 token, and then just introduce that onto DeFi system. right? So what data token does is it gives an exclusive access to the underlying data sets which the data token represents. And each data set has a unique data token, yeah? Uh, And I said the smart ERC20 because each data token knows where it can be redeemed. So uh, normally, usually ERC20 tokens are just uh, a predefined template, but data tokens also has certain informations about where they can be redeemed, what is the server, or what is the provider address that they should go to.
3: Okay, so does that data need to be on-chain? or can it just rely
1: on being off-chain? Okay, so the data, the actual data that we're talking about is a huge amount of data, right? And of course, it's not economically feasible to put that data into on-chain. And also uh, blockchains like Ethereum are like transparent. So of course you are compromising the integrity of the data and the privacy, of course. So what data can you put on-chain? So let's take example of Amazon.com. Yeah, Uh, you see a mobile phone being sold there, like a Samsung phone. What does, how how do you know that what that phone contains? Like what is the, uh, what is the specification? So the seller provides uh, many details, like the color of the phone, the RAM it has, the the price they want to sell, right? Some features of the phone, the camera, uh, the camera intensity, for example. So all this data, we call it a metadata, right? They are not. Uh, they doesn't doesn't contain the privacy information. So they tell, they give the information what the actual data is about, and this is important because if someone wants to purchase a the data, they should know what they are actually purchasing, right? Of course, not the content itself, but a context on the data set they are purchasing. So this metadata, it goes into on chain, right? Because they are not sensitive, and by this by putting them on chain, we also maintain the integrity of the data.
0: Okay.
3: That makes sense. Um, what, so what are the advantages of owning a data token, like the, the bundle of mm-hmm. rights?
1: So as I mentioned, data token gives the holder an exclusive, right of access to the data set. Right now, this is something that you will do when you actually want to purchase the data set, but data tokens has other advantages as well. Uh, for example, uh you could just be an investor in a data token right so you could use data token as a speculative asset uh how, how does it work is uh, basically if someone wants to publish data set on ocean and they don't know what the price they want to set right because it's very diffic- difficult and uh, it's, it's very difficult to price the data set you don't know what the actual price is because you most likely you are not in the you are not into the data business you are a fintech company or you are a uh, you know a mutual fund or, or let's say a hedge fund and data is the byproduct of what you do so it's not your main business but you want to monetize that so you come to ocean you say okay i don't know the price i'll start i'll let the market decide the price i'll just put you know a uh, uh, initial starting price and then uh, the community ocean community or the ocean stakers basically they stick on the data set and acquire the data tokens so if you would be a data investor what you would do you will look at the fundamentals of the data set look at the data publishers like is it a big fund house is the data going to be valuable right is the industry a valuable industry for example health data are very less available right so the demand is more and the supply is less so of course they have more value so all these fundamental features, you uh, do the analysis, and then you you come across your intrinsic value that you think the data should, should be, right? And if that price is below the price of the data when the currently the market is uh, putting there, you would invest in that, and you you would speculate. And main, when the price increases, because the demand of the data switch increases, either for consumption or either for speculation, you would sell it, and basically you make a profit out of it.
3: Oh, ah, okay, I see. I see. Chase, did, uh, Chase, or muted, Did you have a question before I go to the next one?
2: Yeah, just more. I'm just kind of trying to wrap wrap my head around this. Um, I feel like the market just got a whole layer deeper. Uh, so essentially, like if I'm understanding what you're saying correctly, uh, in the future there will just be these massive amounts of data sets, and there will be people who maybe have like a certain i for data or like a mac for evaluating data value in of itself of data sets and you'll be able to buy like a piece of owning share that just as you would you know these other protocols and as the value of that data itself grows you would benefit
1: yes i mean it's not unheard of right uh, it's really happening right now in real estate right if you if you find a piece of property which you feel is underpriced you would go and buy it and right now it's also happening in the nfts right uh, you see lots of NFTs are being traded every day on open sea. So if you if you take the same semantics, uh, ocean market is basically open sea of data.
3: And uh, just real quick before we move on, Rank, uh, Rank Stank, he's one of our regular listeners. He had a question for you. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, who determines the governance of the metadata? And uh, of the data set to determine that is CCPA or GDPR compliant?
1: Yeah. So uh, these are two different questions. So I'll go with the first one. So the data provider uh, has an exclusive right on the data set, right? Because they are the owner of the data set. You are an investor or a speculator in that data set, right? Uh, of course, we are going towards uh, more on the governance side and our. Uh, next versions, like v4 and v5, will try to, you know, uh, make um, make make their stakers, data staker also, like, uh, kind of uh, have a say in what goes and what goes not on the data data, uh, data side. But right now, as it's current setup, uh, the de- data provider uh, has the right on, you know, uh, the governance. So they can actually put more data sets uh, on the same data set, or they can, like, split the data set into two data sets as well. But uh, as a staker, as a community, it is you who decide that okay, this you know is this the data set I want to continue staking on, or if the fundamentals have changed. Let's say if the data provider is behaving in a in a non you know non uh, investor friendly way or non community friendly way, then of course uh, they will actually lose the stakes on the data set, and that will be reflected in the overall credit score or a reputation. That, that their data set suggests. Yeah. The second one was about the CCPA and GDPR. So uh, there are two types of data sets, right? Uh, the public and the private one. Uh, the private one containing the PIIs, and the public one is available on the open open internet which doesn't contain any PII. So for open, open data sets, the public data sets, uh, you don't need to worry about GDPR as, as, as much right but uh, if you consider the private one with the piis so we have something called compute to data which is one of the services that the data provider can select what it does is it it basically it basically allows the data provider to monetize their data sets without even the consumer seeing the data set yeah so uh, uh do you have a question about computer data later on or should i continue on this one
3: um rank if you want to shoot me a dm real quick if that just answered your question
1: yeah because i think I'll, i'm um, going to talk about computer data as well down the in this call yeah, further okay. and then will I will explain how it works yeah I, th- I think you answered
3: this question uh just moving on from there back to data tokens what uh what variations are available of the
1: data token OK, uh, as, as in variations, you mean like features around it? Yeah, right? like time bound access, compute today. Mm-hmm. date. Yep, yeah, yeah. So uh, currently, so let's say you are selling data sets, right? And it's in the form of a stream. And of course, uh, data streams or data sets, ha- you, want, you want to have a limited access. You don't want to someone to buy your data sets for, let's say, 100 ocean tokens, or so let's say $50, and give a lifetime access. Yeah, because you are generating more and more data every now and then, and 10 years down the line, your data set will become a very, very valuable entity or very, very, very valuable asset worth, let's say, $50,000. So what you can do is you can give a time-bound access to that data set, right? So you can say, okay, uh, I want to price the data set as 10 Ocean tokens, yeah, but only allow one week of access or one day of access. So what will happen is when the consumer purchases the data sets, by redeeming the data token they can only consume the data sets for one week if the time bound access is for one week yeah and after that they will have to buy that data set again assuming the data set has been added you know uh, data set has improved in value by more data points being added for example the another one is Uh, yeah sorry go on
3: no 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 you're good so Basically, it, it could be used as a source of passive income if more data points are being added on a regular basis. Yes, this is am I, am
1: I- exactly. So this is also where the speculation parts come in, right? So let's imagine that, uh, let's say Daimler, yeah, the, the producer of Mercedes, they published a data set on Ocean Market, um, saying that this is the data about 10 cars let's say 1000 cars yeah or or, or let's say uh, a series series c mercedes benz yes and tomorrow uh, tomorrow they go and add another series e class uh, data sets right so now the data set has increased in value because now it contains the data set from the two models instead of one right so the speculation comes in here where i as an investor i as a data staker see okay you know they have just started out and they are going to add more and more data sets so tomorrow one year down the line this data set will be more valuable because it's continuously uh, you know increasing in size and maybe quality yeah so it's just like you're investing in another crypto project or in a stock right you have you are assuming or you're speculating that tomorrow the the price or the value proposition offered by that particular company will increase because they are just starting out right now, but after a year, they will have more adoption. For example. Yeah. Same with the data set. So this is how you also speculate.
3: Oh, okay. I see. I see. Um, what other variations do you envision in the future other than compute to date and time bound access?
1: So, uh, in future also, we are actually, if you have read the blog post about, we are also introducing NFTs as an IP management uh, layer on ocean protocol. So uh, the data provider will basically be able to also give exclusive right to sell the data set using NFT. So if I'm a data provider, for example, if I'm a data owner, I can give a license as an NFT to other parties also to sell the data set for a particular period of time yeah so this will also be combined with data tokens because data tokens are fungible tokens so if you want to have like multiple licenses that can also be arranged under one nft yeah so let's say if uh, if a license is one year with five percent royalty yeah and you want to give ten such licenses then you would have one nft and ten data tokens for that particular nft yeah so you could like spread out ten copies to other people same way uh, for other other type of arrangements. Uh, so that's coming as well. And other than that, we are also like right now working towards adoption, getting getting more adoption for the data token itself. As in, when data token is uh, getting mature, we are trying to reach out and you know uh, to to talk to or collaborate with other DeFi protocols to introduce data tokens into these DeFi protocols. So that people can actually take a loan against their data, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. almost like in,
2: in census. Yeah, you you actually kind of touched on on it, but that was going to be my question: is like, how do you envision data tokens playing into like DeFi? Because uh, it seems like you know, in a lot of these cases, they'll have um, inherent value backing it to where you could even maybe even collateralize potentially down the line. I'd just be curious mm-hmm. to hear your, your take.
1: So, I mean, uh, so on on a macro level. Uh, i'm imagining data assets in a corporate balance sheet right so what ocean is also good at is discovering the price of a data set right so imagine if you are a big corporation and earlier you generated a lot of data sets let's take example of daimler itself again yeah a mercedes so they have a ton of data set or tesla they have a ton of data sets right but uh, because there was no proper liquid mechanisms earlier where actually you know they can have a proper or appropriate worth of the data set or the price of the data set they were not able to show that as a tangible asset right I mean it's an intangible asset it's a byproduct right now but if if someone could actually sell this data set in the open market tomorrow this becomes a tangible asset a liquid asset yeah and once an asset is liquid you could actually show that in your balance sheet yeah so data sets i envision the data sets uh, being added to a corporate balance sheet in the future so that would be uh, super cool as well and then as you mentioned like uh, you could be able to take a loan against your data or your data sets because now the data sets have value now the data set says price so you can yep. put that as a collateral as well that's actually a
3: great segue into the next question i had so you mentioned obviously people owning their data now. Um, So can you explain what data wallets are and how that plays on data custody and data management? So uh,
1: what we try to do at Ocean is we leverage the existing technology instead of, and try to not create new ones, if not needed, right? Now the power of data token is such that since it's an ERC 20, it can be added to MetaMask yeah or any any wallet that supports the rc20 tokens so now the metamask actually becomes a data wallet because it actually has a list of your data sets or uh, or you know the list of data tokens that actually you know you uh, own or you you basically invested in for example so this is your data wallet uh, particularly then the multi sig wallets like Gnosis, for example can become a data custody wallet right because now for a particular, if, if someone is invested in a big data set at a high, high net worth, right, let's say uh, 1 million ocean token worth in data set, because they are very, very super optimistic on that, they would want to put it in like a proper sig infrastructure, right, and they can just use Gnosis sig out of the box, you know, have like two or three signage or signatures there, and then just add the data token there, simple, and it becomes a data custody wallet. And same way, you can leverage the existing DeFi tools and make it the data tools. That's the power the ERC twenty data 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 token gives you.
3: Yeah, that's super interesting. So, selling your data rather than Facebook selling your data and profiting.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, actually, I, I want to touch on an interesting point. I was just, I'm just, I was thinking about it as you guys were still talking about it. Um, It almost kind of creates a game theory in a sense for companies like I could see like an insurance company, right? Like insurance have a ton of data around uh, drivers and driver behavior, right? Let's just say like car insurance or even, you know, life insurance, health insurance. Um, It almost creates like a game theory type situation where the companies that are not monetizing their data in these marketplaces will fall behind to their competitors it will
1: create a FOMO effect yes
2: exactly yeah so it's always
1: a tipping point right so uh there's a very fine book tipping point i i'm sure a lot of people must have read that so there is there is one point where the tipping point comes where you know uh people start feeling FOMO. i think uh in in bitcoin it, it was around like 2013 and then uh early 2016 and then uh late 2000 uh, last year when the device uh, defy summer and like you know uh, bitcoin in in the last march right so it, this this are kind of events when people start you know uh FOMOing out and then the asset gets appreciate appreciated like you know uh we call it like a moonshot right and um, yeah this will happen this will happen but you know it takes time to reach there to this this mass adoption and yeah i i i see that it will happen uh in in the near future
2: yeah because it, it, it it's weird in the sense of um, individual companies benefit by sharing their data, um, you know, they, to where they can monetize it. And then by monetizing, it removes all these kind of walled gardens or siloed databases where it puts all that data in one place where um, really like the ultimate value can be generated or created. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like you're talking yeah. about the AI, like it just creates this like massive buffet of data, if you will, um, yeah. to where it makes it just a, a win-win for everyone around to where it's like the ultimate value can be created by these um, through AI. And then also you have all these individual businesses that are monetarily benefiting uh, by bringing something to the table.
1: And not only AI. So there is another angle where Ocean also fits super well is, for example, a smart city use case yeah so uh, we have done our like you know one of our researches where we were actually uh, doing deep dive on the smart city infrastructure we found out that these cities of today have this problem unique problem that they want to be transparent to their citizens and they want to leverage the data like you know for the benefit of the community or the city right like weather data for example or let's say traffic data data about the air pollution within the city but they are worried about the data comprom- data being compromised or like PII leaks, for example. Yeah. Uh, and what we found out that Ocean is also very effective against uh, with, with these use cases, because uh, our computer data allows, uh, you know, uh, this machine learning algorithms for the, uh, let's say, semi-corporations within the same city to be trained on this public data where where these cities can actually you know share the data with them without actually being uh, city and data being compromised because the algorithm never sees the data yeah they can only train the data in a very secure uh, environment that is cut off from the internet and then the trained model is sent back to the to the to the algorithm uh, to the algorithm owner yeah so they get the benefit of uh, training on the private data but they can't also see the data
2: That's uh, that's interesting. So, kind of going from from there, we uh, we have a lot of Link Marines in our community. Um, how do data tokens play into your relationship
1: with Chainlink? So, uh, just a bit uh, background with Chainlink. So, we are very good friends with Chainlink and have been since like around two thousand and seventeen. Uh, uh, and, you know, we had conversation with Chainlink team about, you know, having bi-directional data feeds. So these feeds are basically the data token prices. So since data token is an ERC-20 token, and if data tokens are listed in Uniswap, Balancer, for example, or other DAXs, then Chainlink can be easily averaged to generate an aggregated price feed for each data, data token, right? And what's cool is this, this price feeds can actually then be sold as a data token. In ocean market yeah so it's kind of a bi-directional that has Chainlink and ocean team and ocean community as well uh, right now the talks talks actually uh, are still like uh, on 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 like going on the background but we are still waiting on the data tokens getting a bit more mature and find better adoption right so Chainlink comes into picture when the token prices or let's say token token are being available on multiple DAXs right we are right now perfecting the process uh, with our upcoming releases to ensure that you know uh, we minimize the rug pools around this and we ensure that the rights of the data owners and data providers are well maintained along with the staking staking protection for the stakers as well so but uh, this will this will come in the future
2: that's awesome so switching gears here a little bit to uh, focus specifically on the marketplace. Um, I know you had touched on this earlier, but I know using the ocean market, you can publish data, you can stake on uh, data or like curate it, um, and you also can buy data. Um, Just at like a high level summary, can you just kind of like walk through each of these areas and the role they play within the ecosystem?
1: Sure, so currently, we see there are three major actors in the ocean ecosystem. Number one is the data provider, who actually publishes the data on the ocean market in the hope of monetizing it. The second one is the data stakers. Uh, so these people are ocean community or whoever is holding the ocean. So they are also speculating on the data, or and they are also like signaling by staking on the data set. So if if uh, how this works is basically if i'm a speculator or if i'm a data staker i would like do my research and find the best data sets that i want to stake on yeah it means i want to invest uh, in those and in return i basically earn the swap fees whenever there is a swap between data token and ocean because i become a part of that pool yeah what this does it also provides a very useful signal to other stakers subsequent stakers who take a look at you know which pool has best staking like how many people are staked in that pool how decentralized is that pool for example right and this also gives a very powerful signal to the consumers which are the third actors so data consumers are the ones that wants to access to the data sets or the compute on the data sets and they what they do is they go to this data pool purchase a data token and then you know uh, redeem that data token for the data set or the compute for the data set Gotcha. And is there
2: a, you know, say, um, base space LLC has some data that we want to publish. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what does that process look like? Is there a minimum, uh, amount of ocean that we need to lock up to publish data datasets?
1: Yeah. So there are two ways to do that. Number one, so let's say you already know what price you want to sell the data for. You, you want to keep it fixed. You don't want to play with the market forces. Yeah. so you can go and opt for the fixed price exchange and it works like just like Amazon.com. you go there you list the da- you list the data set like you know with the metadata what the data set is about how much data points it has what format the file is in for example give the data data urls the static URL by the way this static URL is encrypted and you know uh, and after encryption it is stored on chain so no one ever knows where the data is actually. And by the way, Ocean also doesn't keep any record of that ourselves. So we don't log it. So we try to maintain the full privacy of the data set ourselves as well. And then basically you select the price and there you go. You just click on the publish button, uh, uh, confirm couple of transaction on MetaMask and your data set is listed and this is a fixed price. Now, the second second option is you don't know what the price of the data set should be, right? And you want to market to decide that. And also you want uh, the community to come in and stake on the data sets. And by the way, if they stake on the data set, they also become kind of an affiliate to your data set, right? So they will go out and market your data sets because they are now an investor in your data set and they want to, you know, shield. basically that's the term that we we use in crypto, shield your data sets, yeah. In that case, you would need an initial liquidity of some ocean token uh to to be to be pulled in in the balance so by the way we use balance of pools so you want some let's say uh 1000 ocean tokens by the way this uh, actually varies based on the what the initial price you want to keep and how much total data tokens you want to mint based on this calculations you are given the number of ocean token that is required to be added in the pool and once you have added this data token the price is set to the initial price that you decide. Yeah, and from there on people can start staking and yeah, uh, then the market decides the price of the data set.
2: That's, uh, that's really, you hit, so you hit on balancer and I, I wanna I want to circle back to that here in a moment because I, I found that like extremely interesting. Um, but in addition to that, the, the data is published as an interoperable ERC-20 data set token, right, so. And that's data uh, tokens, yes. It, so it, in the future, it will be able to be cross-chain, is that right?
1: Yes. So since it's ERC-20 and there are lots and lots of bridges now, that's that's being operated, right? Uh, between like Polygon, Binance, L2s. So uh, of course, uh, this data tokens will be, in future, you'll be able to migrate this data tokens purchased from one chain to another chain. I think that's coming in V4. Yeah.
2: So kind of like going off that, um, having a cross chain data token, uh, what are the implications of having that automatic price discovery of data in of itself?
1: Mm -hmm. So the first word that comes to mind is data arbitrage. Yeah. So imagine if you, for the same data tokens, you have two different pools probably in the same chain or a different chain. Right? So let's say, uh, the same data token exists in two chains one in balancer pools in ethereum ethereum mainnet and other on the quickswap decks on polygon yeah what will happen is uh, whenever someone is purchasing the data set they will see which which of this chain provides cheaper pricing for that particular data token because data token provides the access to the data set right so if something is cheaper somewhere you would go and buy that because you get the same access to their data set right and what we'll see is the the rise of the data arbitrage bots so in the early days of DeFi, when there was only uniswap and you know uh, compound you did not see this dynamics playing out because there was no more options but now if you see uh, when there were Aave, compound and other 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 lending platforms and then uniswap shushiswap you saw that you know yearn came up with this strategy you know uh, the the strategy protocol, yen, pro, yen finance, and there are like arbitrage bots which are very actively trading the data sets, right, and balancing the prices. So we will uh, we will see the same for the data sets, and yeah, that will happen once we go multi chain or once uh, you know data tokens finds a different house uh, or a different exchange.
2: Yeah. So kind of going from there, I know we had touched a little bit on initial uh, data offerings in that hypothetical situation. Um, Are there any legality concerns around IDOs for just like an average user, uh, an average user across uh, particular jurisdictions? Like I know we talked about like the GDPR and just like data Mm -hmm. laws in general.
1: So, I mean, there are always legals around the, around the data, right? But these legals are limited to the data provider, kind of, right, because data provider is the one who is tokenizing the data and bringing it into the blockchain. And of course, when things go into the blockchain, it's decentralized. So people don't have control over that, right? So it is the responsibility of the data provider to make sure that whatever the data sets they're publishing on Ocean, they have proper, they a quite proper rights to the data set. Yeah, uh, to actually protect uh, you know, uh, protect the piracy of the dataset. We also have a DMCA policy, uh, which is clearly defined in our, our GitHub repo. And we also maintain a purgatory list, uh, purgatory list that basically, you know, uh, blacklist, or let's say put, put the data, data sets that are in violation to our policies into that list. And we basically remove them from our marketplace.
2: Gotcha, okay. Um, and kind of circling back to Balancer in of itself, could you dive in um, on a deeper level of the importance of uh, having Balancer in these like AMM models with, with data and the price discovery?
1: Mm-hmm. So AMMs are a very good tool for price discovery. At least they were a very good tool at the time when data tokens were launched. Yeah, the, the cool thing about Balancer uh, and the the let's say the high the the upper hand it has over other daxses it allows a single asset's single asset listing right so what it means is this basically turned out to be our uh, single single asset staking model that we use right now as an ocean token right so what happens is since since you are the publisher of the data token and when you launch the data token or when you publish a data set, you will mint some data tokens, right? And provide an initial liquidity. But at this point, none of the stakers have the data data tokens with them, right? So they cannot invest in your data set or they cannot uh, stake in the data set. If you are using Uniswap, for example, because it only allows do, uh, two-sided staking. Yeah. So we use Parencer because it allowed uh, the stakers to stake only using Ocean token as a single asset, and Balancer internally basically uh, sells some of the ocean into data tokens and balance the pool. Yeah, so people, what what the stakers used to do, they put in their ocean tokens and got some uh, BPTs, which is Balancer pool tokens, as, as their claim to the stake. Yeah, and this also helps with the price discovery because more and more people stake on the pool, on Balancer, uh, higher the demand of the data token is and the price of the data set increases yeah uh, so this shows the confidence of stakers in a particular data set. yeah when the confidence is low, it means people start selling the data tokens, it means the supply of the data tokens will increase and people are taking uh, ocean back from the pool yeah it means the. The the confidence the investor confidence in a particular data set has gone very low, so this also like plays very well with the market dynamics.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, that's, um, this is extremely fascinating. And uh, so for the people that are listening or maybe watching uh, at another point in time,
1: how can people access uh, this data marketplace? Uh, We have a marketplace in production at market.oceanprotocol.com. So if you go there, uh, it's very easy. Uh, And uh, we have like one of the uh, best team who is designing the marketplace. And it's, it's it's made very simple for even the people who are very new to crypto. Yeah, and we are trying actually, uh, every with every, 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 every release, we try to optimize that and improve our onboarding process. Uh, also, I mean, before, uh, so uh, since we are in this point, uh, people who are new to Ocean and who are new to blockchain itself and want to know about blockchain and crypto, and then what Ocean plays a role here, you can go to oceanacademy.io, which is our community maintained uh, academy. So it has a list of resources and very, very smooth onboarding for the crypto noobs into the crypto and then Ocean on there. And then you can come and access the data marketplace and you can play around with that
0: i really i really love that you guys provide those type of resources on on your website for new folks getting into the space because we have so many new new people joining in so that that's really awesome um kind of circling back around to the compute today um and transitioning from marketplaces um could you could you now like dive back into like what is compute to date um and the main Mm -hmm.
1: problems that it that does solve yep so compute to data uh basically solves the privacy issue of the data set right uh so there are two ways uh you can sell the data set number one is to allow people to download the data set right but if your data is has the PII like private information about your credit card details your 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 family you know your family history your family details and everything uh you would probably not go that route right because it's it's insecure for you in that case, what we did was we launched Computed data, which is the second way where when you publish a data set, you get to select that I want to allow only compute access on the data set and not the downloadable access. And when you do that, uh, what what happens is when the consumer who likes the data that you have that you want to sell. Uh, they see that, okay, it's a compute access, it means that it's only open for algorithms. It's not open for human eyes, yeah. So the consumer has to publish an algorithm on Ocean Protocol and then send a request to the provider uh, of the data saying, hey, you know, this is my algorithm. I'm very interested in your data set and I want to consume your data set with this algorithm. Yeah, uh, of course, I mean, this conversion doesn't happen like I'm explaining, but it's more like, you know, couple of clicks that you do to signify this and then the data provider gets this notification or sees that okay someone is interested in the data set and then they check the algorithm to make sure that it's not malicious it doesn't have viruses or it doesn't have some leaks or some log entries right so once the data provider uh, checks the algorithm and sees okay everything is fine then they whitelist or they put the algorithm in the allow list. Once it happens, the consumer can initiate the computer data. Now, when they click on the computer data initiation, what happens is ocean infrastructure basically creates a very, uh, let's say, trusted environment where uh, we use a containerized uh, containerized, uh, model where the data is fetched from the data provider's location added in the model, added in that uh, containerized environment, the algorithm is fetched from the consumer, and then the data is trained on the algorithm. Yeah, and then the trained data and the logs is sent back to the consumer after the training is done. And all the residue, like the data set and everything else, is destroyed. And the entire container is destroyed just to make sure that there is no leak of the data set. And what the consumer gets is only the trained algorithm and the logs for that algorithm to make sure that, okay, the training actually happened. Yeah, they never get to see the actual data set about your credit card history or anything else, and that's how we kept your PII secure. Yeah, and one of the uh, advantages of this model is: imagine if your data set is falls within GDPR, you could run a containerized environment or computer data model within the GDPR region, and since the data never goes to the consumer, it is it is only brought to the computer uh, It is only brought to the compute data you are not even breaking any GDPR laws. You are being compliant to GDPR. Yeah, so that's super cool for the industries and big corporations that want to take advantage of this uh, technology.
0: Yeah, this is this is awesome, man. I mean, this is definitely gonna revolutionize um, how businesses are able to use data, um, specifically private data. And with that, um, can you touch on like why private data is so, is so valuable? Um, and where you see private data, um, going in the future.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's take example of Facebook. Why is Facebook a trillion dollar company? Why is Google the trillion dollar company? Because they have your private data because they know what website you are, you are going through, they know your friends, they know your, you know, your habits, for example. And what they do is they sell this information to the advertiser who is willing to pay highest bids to get access to, to your profiles. Yeah. Now, if this data was not available to them, they would probably not, you know, uh, worth a trillion dollar company. They would be, you know, in like some cool startups or some, some cool companies, but not, not, not the price they have right now, not the USP that they have right now. Right. So the private data is actually valuable because that private data unlocks a lot of use cases, uh, advertising being only one of them. Yeah, it's also unlocks, let's say, another example, let's take example of COVID. Yeah. Uh, last year, there was a very bad situation globally, where uh, there was no vaccine, people were dying, a uh, lot of, lot of uh, you know, a lot of uh, scientists were struggling with the data because they did not have availability of global data store of different COVID patients. Yeah, because the nations didn't share this data, because there was no secure way of sharing this data with each other, right? Because they didn't, of course, they don't trust each other in a way uh, to to compromise their citizens' privacy, yeah? But uh, if they would have used uh, something like computer data, right, of course, they would audit and all these things. But if, if computer data uh, would have been used there, they could have solved this problem of sharing the data mutually without compromising the privacy of the data sets, right? So let's say China would send their algorithm to train on the data that is being provided by Germany. Yeah, and this way they could learn faster and could develop the vaccines faster and could have saved a lot of lives. Yeah, so these are some of the use cases that private data enables. And private data is really, really, very valuable. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 100%. And you've kind of touched on before uh, how uh, the control of access of this private data, we kind of already covered like marketplaces, uh, data owners, and users. I'm curious if you could go into maybe uh, the the uh, control of access from like trusted algorithms and, and provenance.
1: Mm, sorry, I didn't get the question.
0: Um, so like when basically for, for private data, right, controlling the access to that data, mm-hmm. You can control it uh, through like data through the data owners or through like the end users. Um, can you also talk about like controlling that out that access through different algorithms?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned, right? So, uh, computed uh, with with the combination of data tokens and computed data, it is possible to share the data with AI or let's say even like uh, uh, let's take one example of the. Um, Robots, right? Robots or let's say IoT devices. So it doesn't need to be a human being in the middle, right? So was, IoT devices can also like exchange this information with each other via data tokens, right? Data token is basically an access token. And IoT devices can like, okay, buy and sell the data sets among their own market. For example, IoT is based on IoT devices, so data tokens can be used and leveraged over there. And the different devices can talk to each other, sell and purchase and sell the data sets over there, also maintain the access control within their own organization, because data, data token doesn't need to be priced. So if, if you were, let's say, if you are a big corporation and you have like multiple departments uh, in different regions, right, so the, let's say uh, Tesla has this German entity, Tesla, Tesla has this US entity. And because of the GDPR compliance and all these things, they, it is difficult for them to share the data within each other, uh, within within different geographies. They could use ocean and you know leverage computer data to share information. And of course, uh, as I said, you can put prices zero and publish the data set and it's freely available. So if it's within the same organization, you can also like use it like an access control mechanism. To give and revoke the access to a particular data set. Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, thank you. That makes
3: a lot of sense. Hey, so um, I had a question from one of our listeners. Uh CryptoNubro asks from a biotech company, how would they integrate uh with Ocean? Like how would they go about integrating their data?
1: So uh so we, when we when we designed OCEAN, we made sure that, you know, we, we go with the primitives. So we are very general purpose data access control layer. What we need, the only thing that we need is two things. Number one, the metadata, that what the data is about, the context, and the location of the data, where the data actually is. So it can be a URI or a URL. URI as in it's if the data is in S3, Amazon S3 buckets or if the data is in like a private server somewhere, then the access to that server, yeah? And it doesn't matter if you're a biotech company, if you're an insurance company, right? Everyone uses the same same topography to store data somewhere, right? It can be in Amazon, it can be on your private server, it can be on Google Drive, it can be also in Filecoin, for example, yeah? Uh, if you have access to that URI, if you know where the data is located, you can publish the datasets on Ocean Protocol. So, it would be the same process for biotech company as well, to to list data sets on Ocean. What they could do though is they could create a specialized marketplace where they use the same uh, you know same uh, vertical vertical know how or the same same uh, knowledge within the same geography, and they could a, their marketplace could cater for only biotech companies to buy and sell data sets. So they could have that. But that's, again, uh, not the core technology itself, but that's just uh, the marketplace part, which is kind of a dApp on Ocean. But the core technology is same for almost all the data sets. So it's like kind of uh, industry agnostic.
3: Perfect. I think you answered the question. Uh, Chase, I know you were about to transition. Did you want to go ahead and? Yeah, uh,
2: before I do, uh, Misu, did you hit on all your questions that you're wanting to ask.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Cool. Um, so shifting gears, uh, moving from the present and the past of what Ocean has uh, done and looking towards like the future, um, what developments are you guys most excited for,
1: um, for the rest of this year? So we have a very ambitious roadmap this year. Uh, V4 is coming and V4 is a big bunch of a lot of features including safe staking, uh, a safe staking, and also a lot of uh, easy to use tools for, for the users. Then the NFTs are coming to ocean and also long awaited data farming is coming to ocean this year. And I must be missing uh, a lot more features, but actually it's very, very uh, clearly mentioned on the roadmap. But these are the most uh, exciting things I'm you know, looking forward to. Did you,
2: uh, did you say data farming?
1: Yes, data farming. So it was announced last year. Uh, I think uh, Trent wrote a blog post. And we have been waiting uh, to launch it. I mean, it was always uh, in our roadmap. And we were waiting for like, a little bit safer staking for the data farming to go and steroids. But yeah, it's coming. So V4 is coming and data farming is coming too. And it, yeah. we, are, we are envisioning it to be a multi-year program. So it's going to be very, really, very really big.
2: That is uh, extremely interesting, Um, you know, because, you know, the narrative right now is, you know, yield farming or has been over the last year. So it's kind of like, you know, for everyone listening right now, you're getting a sneak peek of what the new narrative may be um, and data farming may be it. So it's really interesting. Um, So I think one thing that a lot of us here, you know, like I said, we're all Link Marines. I think one of the things that we really love about Chainlink is um, the reduction and friction for value to be created, right? It's like truth is a service where you can uh, partner with other people and create value. Now, I see a ton of parallels with ocean with data, right? Like having this open data marketplace where um, really wherever your leads, imagination leads, you have access to that data and you can create value. So I'm just curious, like in your eyes, like where do you see ocean going in the next five years? or more, i guess i should say taking this this industry in the next five years
1: so as as a, a macro DeFi narrative i see data being front and center into the DeFi and nft space playing a big role there right so people realizing that you know uh data it, it it's time to you know bring data to the front row so that will happen what other things will happen is we will see a massive improvements in user experience uh, not only uh, across Ocean, but also like towards the whole uh, crypto space, right? So as I mentioned, right, Ocean actually has uh, the capabilities that it leverages on the 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 current, you know, the current tools that the DeFi and crypto has to offer. So let's say, imagine if MetaMask improves their user experience 10x in the next five years, and of course it will happen. The same MetaMask can be leveraged for Ocean as well, right? So Ocean, directly get the advantage of all these improvements yeah so i'm imagining the barrier to entry for the data scientists the big corporations becomes much 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 easier and you know uh, ocean becomes kind of like you know uh, ready to use uh, with very very uh, few know-how then i also see as i mentioned earlier data sets in corporate balance sheets right so Corporation, corporations adopting this technology and, you know, realizing that, you know, it they can actually improve their asset or improve their balance sheet using Ocean Protocol. Uh, so I'm also looking forward to that. Then one click microloans, which your personal data is collateral. So that would be super cool. Like this would really be awesome for the retail industry where you can, you know, just, uh, you can, there is an app where which is collecting your data And then there is a swipe button which allows you to just, you know, enable it as a collateral and then you are just sitting and basically earning money or, you know, uh, or farming with your data set, for example. Uh, Then universal data income. So there is this concept of universal basic income, which means that everyone is getting paid a certain minimum income, either you are contributing or not uh and that is has been this 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 concept has been talked about a lot and uh, it's not really practical for a massive global economy but universal data income could be because everyone generates data and as i mentioned the private data is valuable yeah and there is also a growing demand for the data unions so imagine like uh, people joining uh, individual data sets are not worth that much but if there are like 10,000 users contributing to the same data set, right? And then the data set is worth something. And the, the monetary benefits that the data set gets when it is sold is passed down to the users who is contributing to that. So I call this kind of a universal data income. And that is also very, uh, you know, uh, coming in a few years. So these are the like a macro uh, place that I see uh, playing around in the data. And I see Ocean as a centerpiece to that. That's awesome.
2: And that's, uh, that's incredibly base. I, I, I like your outlook on the future. And I, I think uh, I, I can envision the kind of same landscape shaping that way. So that's awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And do we have time if uh, to bring on some guests if they have questions from the audience? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, if, anyone, if anyone's listening, you can request now and I'll let you guys on one at a time.
1: Yeah, yeah probably, I, probably I uh, probably I like leaked too much alpha. won't <laughs> <Still laughs> have any more questions now? <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: we, we, we got there two could, people. <laughs> there could never be too much alpha leaked on base space. That's that's what we're here for.
5: What's going on, Kodak? Oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, uh, thanks, uh, Manon, for uh. Uh, a great presentation and uh, explaining Ocean Protocol very well. Uh, I I may have missed it. I was kind of on my commute to work, so I kind of cut in and out. Um, So there's, like, listening to you, I kind of thought of two kind of emerging technologies within the space and how it would fit into uh, kind of Ocean Protocol and the data market you have. Uh, The two technologies are The first is uh, decentralized identities and, you know, uh, whereby, you know, I I may have a decentralized identity and I can control what parts of my identity, like my birthday, my social uh, security number, health records and things like that that I can share. And then the other technology that I thought uh, that I would like to hear more about your thoughts on is zero knowledge proofs. Where um, uh, people can query data uh, by simply asking, you know, uh, is so and so person over eighteen, and they will get a yes or no answer from from the data without actually revealing uh, specific
1: details from the data.
5: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's my question.
1: Cool. Yeah, and thanks for the question. So. Um, Talking about the first one, so the DID actually, when we designed Ocean, DID was the central part of it, like you know, uh, decentralized identifier, and we internally still use that for the data sets. So each of the data set, if you uh, if you take a look at our Aquarius, which is our metadata store, a global metadata store, each data set has a unique DID. Uh, right now, we are using the address, the wallet address or the data set address, which is an Ethereum address, as the DID. But of course, now we are going multi-chain, and, you know, uh, all the different chain functions differently and have their own kind of identity system, yeah? So uh, one of the ways that we can uh, or we will go forward is either incorporating these different DIDs on onto the data set, or instead of uh, focusing on that, we onboard the partners that actually are specializing in that particular DID, or let's say unique identities. Right, Uh, and we are actually already uh, working towards that. If you see, we have like Everest onboarded on ocean, they are actively working towards providing such an identity solution to ocean. Then uh, we have Utrust as well, partner right now. So they are also providing the decentralized trust mechanisms that can actually, uh, you know, uh, not directly, but indirectly be linked to a particular DID. And there will be many more that's that's going to come in the future. So yes, uh, I understand that uh, DID, and I recognize that DID is a very important uh, uh, crypto primitive that that has to play well in in the Ocean ecosystem. The talking about uh, finer controls that you mentioned about like your birth date, your uh, your let's say uh, a particular section in your profile uh, access control on that uh, Ocean. Uh, Ocean doesn't provide that final controls yet on a particular entity, but uh, we we envision and we are in, actually in talks with certain projects that actually are working, using leveraging Ocean protocol and working towards that, right? So uh, they, they, they are like providing access control at a final level on this particular, on a, on a given particular data set. But access control in Ocean are also coming uh, with V4, not at the final level that much, but on a particular data set uh the second question you had was about sorry can you can you repeat the second question
5: yeah it was about uh i i, I guess you uh, touched on it with finer controls it was m- more about like zero knowledge proofs where yes, uh, yes. so people can query data yes. without revealing so, data uh,
1: uh if you ask my opinion i think uh zero knowledge proofs will Start, you know, uh, start or let's say get adoption first in the DeFi space, and I think it's already happening with, uh, you know, uh, zk rollups being uh, kind of uh, used, uh, you know, at a, at an alpha level right now. Uh, also, there at, in the in in the data space, I think there is a new protocol, Panther Protocol. They're also working on zk zk SNARKs uh, for for uh, identifying the data and you know uh, giving answers uh, giving answers to the data as well. Uh, the same way that you mentioned, right? Uh, Asking for a birth date, then you can, with ZK, ZK proofs, you can uh, predict that, okay, the answer is yes or no. So that is also happening. But uh, as in my opinion, that will be first DeFi and then it will come to subsequent protocols. Because I mean, the first innovation always comes where uh, the money is, right? A lot of capital is flowing and that's the DeFi space right now.
5: Great, thank you so much, Manan. I it's it's a real pleasure to hear that you guys are uh, blockchain agnostic, especially in this room, um, which we, we we tend to like blockchain chain agnostic projects. <laughs> so many, so many, maximalists. Huh?
1: I see.
0: <laughs> thanks for coming on, Ganak, We appreciate you. Oh, see, oh, data whale dropped off. Let's try and get you back in here, brother.
2: Hey, man. And uh, as we're waiting for the next speaker to hop on, um, I'm just curious, what year do you think we will start to see data listed as an asset on balance sheets for a company? Just curious if you have like a very specific timeline or year that you think that could see uh, that become a reality?
1: That's a very, very difficult question. And believe me, if I knew the answer to the question accurately, I, I would become a billionaire right because <laughs> that's something that 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 leads to uh, adoption of a particular technology right and there is a tipping point um, you can take example of polygon uh, they have been building for three years you know um, didn't see much of adoption but in the last three months they they have reached like top 10 into the coin you know in the crypto charts so yeah I mean if when it happens it happens within a sort short time frame like even like within weeks or months yeah so but realistically speaking i think in the next five years we will we will uh, actually get some really good signals around it like wh- when it's happening so i would say it would take uh, three to five years
0: what's going on data whale all right hey everyone here's moritz from data whale uh, oh, we're actually, hi Manan, nice to see you, nice to hear you, great uh, great talk, thanks a lot. Um, so yeah, we're actually we're launching data tokens on Ocean Protocol. We also have our own app, so for everyone who's interested, please head on to Um My question, Manan, for you, uh, what's your thoughts on the go-to-market strategy for data tokens in particular? Because we're always speaking about publishers. What about the go-to-market strategy for data consumers?
1: So uh, what I've lear- learned in my experience uh, as a consultant, uh, so I, I also have a background I didn't mention earlier. I have a background consul- giving consultation services to fortune hundred companies like Vodafone, Cisco, uh, which I think I mentioned right? I guess so. yeah. Um, so what I, I, I have uh, experienced is uh, always so no one wants to be the first, yeah. There's always people who said, "Okay, yeah, you have this cool technology, you have this, you know, uh, amazing product, but who is using it? Can you give me the names?" Yeah, everyone wants always uh, to be the second; they don't want to be the first person. Yeah, but uh, fortunately, in Ocean's case, we have some corporations that are actively working as we speak on their own data marketplaces. Yeah, uh, I I guess if you are in touch with Ocean, like if you are if you are like uh, in sync with ocean's development, then you would know which I'm talking about. And these were the early early adopters. This 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 These are going to be the early adopters, and once they launch their markets, once they launch their, you know, uh, uh, tag on ocean, uh, it will be much, much easier for not only uh, ocean, but also the projects like uh, Alga and others was building on Ocean to you know to take them as a reference and go to a different different partners and say, look, you know, this is how people are using it, and this is how you could do it too. And then create the FOMO effect, basically, right? Once the FOMO starts, uh, people automatically just you know you don't have to knock the doors anymore.
6: So I have a question for you, man. Um, hmm? So you have Reef Protocol, right? what would you say the main differences are between uh, ocean and reef?
1: Uh, can you give me a brief, uh, let me check.
6: Okay, so o- ocean is is using data sets, right? Your, your guys yeah. main, um, I, I guess your main utility is the utilization Correct. of these data sets, right? And obviously Correct. data to me is like the new goal, has been for a while, but now it's becoming more evident right even outside of blockchain or cryptocurrency space your ability to aggregate that data right is is probably more useful as, as a concept when you're consulting with any company whether it be even Vodafone or um, Cisco or you know whichever company does, does oceans protocol offer that ability for the utilization of the data or is it just a way to um, create a blockchain utilizing that data
1: no so uh, so let me uh, go back a bit so what ocean specializes is creating an exchange so it's kind of if you you can see it as an handshake protocol yeah so uh, the data providers is searching uh, sorry data providers wants to monetize their data so what they do is they list their data asset onto ocean protocol and ocean by the way doesn't handle the data sets at all even ocean protocol doesn't uh, you know uh, know where the data set is apart from initial encryption so they only we only know when the data is decrypted and sent back to the data data uh, consumer and if you are running your own provider component ocean doesn't know anything right so and that's by design because we don't want to be the central authority we are actually trying to solve that yeah. So what so we do is
6: the exchange between the two parties, right? From yes, the encryption...
1: and not and not only that. So that's one part, right? Uh, the other part is the compute to data, as I mentioned, like privacy-preserving compute, right? To allow people to securely sell the private data as well. Then the third part is, uh, if you are aware, I can give you an example in DeFi. If you are aware with Ren protocol what they do is they are bringing Bitcoin, which is not on Ethereum chain, securely onto the Ethereum as ran, Bit- ran BTC, right? So they are an on-ramp and on-ramp of non-Ethereum projects into Ethereum ecosystem. So they have ran a file for Filecoin because Filecoin is a separate blockchain, Bitcoin is a separate blockchain, but they, they are onboarding this BTC and FIL into Ethereum to play with the DeFi, yeah? That's exactly what we do with data. So data does not exist on blockchain. It's existing on S3 bucket or your laptop or your mobile phone. What we do is we tokenize that and tokenize the access and bring that on blockchain to be played well with the DeFi because DeFi is made up of Legos. And by that, Ocean is able to provide uh, really good tools uh, within DeFi to the to the users and users to play with. Uh, Thank did, you. Did I answer your question?
6: Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. One more question. Um, yeah, sure. When it comes to your integrations between different ecosystems, d- does Ocean in itself operate by itself and integrates with these ecosystems or are you part of an ecosystem?
1: So, we actually had our own chain when we launched. Yeah, So, it was based on POA, uh, Proof of Authority. Yeah. But then we realized that, you know, we don't want to, actually, our value proposition is not a, a, a blockchain. Our value proposition is the access control on the data and making the data transfer and exchange very easy. So what we did was we uh, ditched this chain and we we launched on Ethereum with a bunch of smart contracts, right? So we are a protocol. So we launched as an L 2 on Ethereum and then we played, uh, We we gave tools to the developers on ethereum by, th- by that we also leveraged a lot of ethereum developers to build on our ecosystem so it was a mutual uh, beneficial for ethereum ecosystem and ocean ecosystem as well and then the price of ethereum raised and you know uh when the price rises for the gas fees uh, people are not uh, buying and like trading the data sets so easily because data is not the primitive uh, DeFi asset at least not yet it will be in the future but not yet right so we started looking out to different chains that provided and that solved this problem, and then we launched on Polygon. Since Polygon is, is based on EVM, we just uh, needed Ethereum to Polygon bridge to move the assets between and deployed took the Ocean smart contracts and directly deployed on Polygon. It worked out of the box. Yeah, same thing with the Binance smart chain. So, uh, having said that, what what I mean is we are network agnostic we don't have to you know uh, we don't we, we don't want to be only in a particular network if tomorrow we see that okay solana is really doing really really good and there is an ecosystem which can be benefited uh, by leveraging ocean tech right and there are people who wants to use ocean uh, we could go there as well it's not a problem for us
6: nice and then, have you guys thought about integration into Dots ecosystem with their parents? Yes, and...
1: yes, we already have announced. So, uh, Dots, oh, okay, so G- Gavin, yeah, yeah, Gavin, Gavin, so they, Gavin is also uh, parity, uh, where Gavin is, uh, you know, uh, operating parity, and he's based in Berlin, and we are very good friends with them. And actually, yeah, we also, uh, yeah, <laughs> we also met them uh, uh, every now and then when times, was, times were good, you know, pre-COVID when there were a lot of meetups crypto meetups and uh, once in a while and they were building polkadot and it was that time we we kind of said okay guys you launch polkadot and we'll be there and we announced right. this year uh, we'll be also on polkadot via moonbeam so moonbeam is taking the evm based smart contracts and you know uh, deploying that on the substrate so we have decided to go that route so we are also already uh, going to be on polkadot and uh, in the near future there are also a couple of new chains that we are looking to right now talking with so i think uh, you'll also see some new news coming up and also uh, very interesting to us is the cosmos ecosystem as well i was about to
6: just ask that never mind <laughs> you got it yeah thanks for coming on man
0: thank you uh, I think we just got one more for you, man. Uh what's going on, Jim?
4: Uh what's going on? What up, Manon? Hey Jim. <laughs> nice uh, nice to see you. Yeah, nice to hear you too. Um good talk. Good talk. Um so um me and uh, data whale Maritz, uh, we were talking on the uh, Sailor's Lounge on the last or er, on the recent episode, um, not uploaded yet, but on episode 11. Um, but we were talking about, um, the I guess just the different use cases of like data tokens and also, um, I guess like data market, um, you posted this uh tweet that I that I always bring up um about like having like kind of like a Netflix or like mm-hmm. a Netflix on like um yeah Netflix using so like how can
1: someone games. how can someone build Netflix using yeah. ocean? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh could you I guess like um just uh go into that and then probably um you know I I wanna like um go into like just different use cases of data tokens because i think data what people um probably don't uh, realize is that data tokens is will probably be like that next big thing of like you know how nfts are but i think there's a lot of uh, use cases for data tokens
1: yeah sure so uh, let's take a step back so and let's talk about a video right so what is video video is basically basically an encoded version of data, right? So video, audio, PDF, CSV, all these are kind of a data. And wherever there is data set, Ocean is really fit to use that, yeah? So now if we see the videos, uh, if you see the Netflix, it is a basically a stream of video, yeah? So it's kind of a stream of data and Ocean supports data streams, right? So how could one build Netflix is very simple. So what you need to do is just fork our provider, provider a component, right? And make sure that provider component, uh, add a couple of functions to make it video aware, right? So encodings and decodings, this, this different codecs. So make it a video aware and then create a marketplace, which is like a Netflix front-end, create a marketplace which has this different video listed. Maybe the price, if you have like a package of video you know uh, per video view of 10 tokens or a monthly subscription you can do that with data token as well use the data token as a subscription right post it on ocean market someone have access to the data token they can they can like you know access that stream for one month because we have time-based access as well yeah so subscription for one month or one year depending on that and then it's much simpler because now when you start streaming uh, the provider component component just checks that, okay, this account, which is linked to this Netflix, or let's say, Ocean Netflix, does this account has a right to stream the video? And that is done by checking if the data token that this guy purchased has expired. If not, then the provider component will start streaming back the data, which is the video, right? So it's it's actually, it, it sounds a bit difficult, but it's much easier to create. If someone wants to create and if you find someone who wants to do that, then yeah, I will be very happy to help them.
0: Thanks for the question, Jim. Appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, man, and thanks. Thank you so much for taking the time today, uh, to speak, to speak with us. This has been hella based.
1: Very, very happy to be here and thanks everyone for sticking around. I think we actually went past our time which is, I think, a good thing. I hope so. (laughs) It means that people are are still here, then I think it was not that bad.
2: No, it was was an incredibly based episode. Um, Before we wrap up, I just want to say thanks again. Um, I I personally learned a lot, and I did the the research beforehand to help put this together, and I still found this uh, episode incredibly uh, valuable. So I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, come in and, and drop some alpha on what the future is going to look like in the the data economy so thanks for coming yep. on the base space
1: thanks for having me yeah,
3: yeah. yeah
1: so thanks for having me and thanks for listening guys